Welcome, folks, to another podcast. This is Mark Steiner, and we're going to explore Artivism Day. That's Artivism, like activism, but built around all the murders and crime and the change people want controlling community in Baltimore. Artists coming together to make their voices heard. We're here with a longtime friend and uh, and and frequent guest, Sheila Gaskins, who is co-founder of Art Apartheid. Good to have you in the house. Hello. Another wonderful Baltimore figure I've known for a while, Kenneth Morrison's in the house as well, executive director of Do More Baltimore and of GLCCB, and both of them teach uh, part-time at MICA. Good to have you both here. Yes. Glad to be here. Yes. So, Sheila, you, you're the one who Facebooked me on this. So yes, I did. <laughs> yes, you did. So why don't you start and tell us what this art of ism is. Um, so Kenneth contacted me and was like, hmm, I need an MC to do this Artivism Day. And Artivism, I, was like, I like Cool, it. that works. And then he said the proceeds were going to go to Ceasefire and everybody that's listed to perform or who are getting celebrated are people that I really, really love. Like, like they are so awesome. And I was like, yes, I would love to be a part of this thing. So I'm looking forward to it. So what's the genesis, Kenneth? All right, so... Ken, I um, Kenneth? Kenneth. 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 Kennethism. What's your difference, So, Do More Baltimore, as a nonprofit, our, our, our vision is to be able, our mission rather, is to use art as a tool to increase civic engagement. And so there's, one of the things we're always wrestling with is, like, how do we do that in a way? Like, how do we do that right in an impactful way? How do we address apathy? Like, what are some strategies we can use? So this is born out of several years of conversations about... How, what is the role of artists as it relates to increasing civic engagement and addressing issues in our community? Um, so, no, so it's happening on March 4th, right? And so that's, that pun is intended, right? March 4th. And, <laughs> right, so like I have to always have to let people know that it's actually a pun because like, it's like one of the most witty things I came up with as a poet, so I'm really excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, again, Artivism Day is a, is, has two purposes, right? It's one to celebrate all the work that's already happening to address violence in Baltimore and to disrupt the culture of violence in Baltimore, um, while at the same time it's a call to action and is to get the art community together to, to recognize our collective um, voice, our collective power, as relates to, again, uh, changing systems, uh, raising awareness, um, disrupting cultures of violence. So, th- so it's like, what can we do as a collective uh, community? Um, and I don't think we come together enough. Um, and... This is intended to not just uh, bring us together, but to actually create a, a metric so we can actually measure the impact that artists make on communities. How do you measure that? So we're still looking at it. So one of the partners that's coming on, on board is Two Gems Consulting, Dr. Jerry Peake, who is an um, amazing evaluator. Um, so we've partnered with art organizations, again, with this consulting firm that does evaluations. So we're kind of really still thinking it through. But one of the simple tools we're using for measurement is being able to track what artists are doing by a hashtag. So the hashtag will be Artivism2018. So we're trying to get as many artists as possible. The goal is a minimum of 300 artists. They make us one pledge, which is in 2018, I will create art to raise awareness about violence in Baltimore. And then they will create art, either that might be a visual piece of art, a tattoo, um, they might record a dance, it might be a spoken word, poem, et cetera. Um, and then they hashtag it, Autism 2018. And then what we'll be able to do is kind of catalog all of the different types of art that took place over you know, the 2018 time period, um, while also bringing the artists in for another 
conversation about, well, what did you notice? And um, so in September, we'll bring um, all the artists who participated, as many of the artists who participated as possible for a conversation about what did we notice and what impact did you, did you see with your art. And of course, we're tying that to the indicators, right? So what is the current um, violence that we were tracking from you know, domestic violence to actual homicides to um, other forms of violence, right? So we try to basically lay out um, and get the baseline data and where are we now and then compare um, where we are now a year from now after we begin to see what the artists are doing intentionally to attract, you know, attention or address those particular issues. So, you know, one of the things that um, we've seen is that, that some of the murders and maybe shootings as well have gone down. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if gunfire has gone down. As a friend of mine in the street said, the only reason why there are more murders is because the brothers in the corner really don't know how to shoot straight. But <laughs> no, it's a joke, but it's not a joke, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality is that it's gone down, and so people are arguing about why it's gone down. Mm-hmm. And so you're doing this in part to support the work of Ceasefire and Erica Richford, Richford who's mm-hmm. been, who organized all this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what you think, just from your, just your own observations, how, why it went down, and and what this might have, what, what ceasefire might have to do with it. What do you think? Well, I know that uh, twelve days it's been recorded of no violence, which is really, really unheard of, especially nowadays. I think I think ceasefire has a lot to do with it, but I also think the the police, the undercover cops, and their crookedness coming to light might have something to do with that too, um, because I know that a couple of rappers were singing about some of these guys a long time ago and right. nobody listened. You know, Moose and a bunch of others did. Right, right. and right. so it's right. just so funny that now that they're going to court that there's some, not no violence. You, you think there's a connection there? I just... You could, you're saying there could be. But you know, one of the things that struck me about this, and this, I don't want to digress into this too much, right. I want to talk about what you all are going to do on the 4th. Right. You know, for years, people in the street, black folks in the inner city communities of Baltimore, um, have been saying that the police have been taking our drugs and selling them. Mm-hmm. They've been working with snitches. They've been doing st- stuff that's illegal, and nobody would ever listen. Correct. You know, it was just a, oh, just a bunch of poor black folks talking. They're, they're nothing but a bunch of criminals and thugs. They're just trying to say this to to to, to shoot to, to, to have, deflect anything that might be about what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? But now come out of reality. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. this. That to me is probably as important as the trial itself. Is that this kind of to me is for the larger community justifying what folks have been saying in the community in Baltimore for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't mean, again, this isn't news to those of us who come from those communities, right, those poor black communities that you're mentioning, right? So we knew this, right? And so, and it's, we know this is this is a small sample of what's you know really happening in the police department. Um, and I do think there's a real uh, clear tie between a failing, flawed uh, institution that's supposed to be about protecting and bringing justice, right? This justice system is flawed, and I think that is inadequate, right? I think that this trial is pointing at some of the inadequacies. Um, I think that this is just, again, the start of a much deeper um, analysis about the way that this system is failing the community and failing the city. Um, but to answer your original question, like, well, why, like, how, why is we seeing a, a turn in, in violence in Baltimore? I think we must applaud the organizations and the grassroots initiatives that have taken this on. And I believe that 
Um, it should have always been this way. I don't believe we should have ever left the safety of our our people in the hands of a singular institution, right? So to see safe streets, to see you know ceasefire, to see force, um, and see other organizations that work seven days a week to combat and, and disrupt the culture of violence. Um, and to see that that work is getting more aggressive because the need is calling for it. The need is calling for that we have to step up and we have to do more. I mean, to be honest, when I watch the the grassroots work happening um, with organizations like this mentioned, like Force and and Ceasefire and and Safe Streets, it inspired me to say, well, what can Do More Baltimore do? Like, what can we? What can I do as an artist? Um, to support this kind of work, right? So it definitely inspired others into actions, and I think that not just me, I think other organizations recognize it as well. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a call to action without it necessarily being that you know, clear. But um, I think somebody mentions a famous quote, it's right, like you be great, right? And you get permission for others to be great as well. So I think by seeing them in action, it inspired and gave us permission to also get involved um, and be great too. So uh, um, let's go to, to March the fourth. I mean, because you mentioned, oh, yeah, by the way, there's another digression here. You, you mentioned safe streets, and and one of the places that was a sh- was a place of a lot of shootings and murders was in McKeldry Park. Mm-hmm. And since safe streets has been active there every day, day in and day out, mm-hmm. there've been no murders. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Over a year and a half in McKeldry Park. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and we don't give enough credence to that, and also don't give enough credence to the brothers and sisters who are part of safe streets right who risk their lives every day every mm-hmm. unarmed mm-hmm. on the corner intervening mm-hmm. in violence we do not give them credit I mean, they don't walk around with guns nope. they don't have mace they nope. don't have clubs right. they don't have carry no shanks they're, not, they're just they don't even have a beret they don't even have beret <laughs> <laughs> remember them guardian right, yeah. angels or, right. or a whistle <laughs> i mean they are out there every day and they are right. actually yes Actually, cutting. I mean, they're, they're having an effect, mm-hmm. and we don't take that into account either. So, but let's come back to exactly what you're doing with this, with with uh, artivism, on the fourth of March. What's going to happen that day? What are you hoping to launch? What will people experience? Where is it? Um, so it's happening. So one of the things when we, we pull up the call for Artivism Day, we wanted this to be an opportunity for different organizations to collaborate to sponsor. And it's grown much larger than I imagined it would be. So when and where is this taking place? So it's March 4th, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Impact Hub, which is located 10 East North Avenue. Um, so we're really grateful to Impact Hub for donating their space so we can have this event there. Um, we have what's also really incredible is that we talk about people don't get enough um, credit. The open mic community in Baltimore also doesn't get enough credit. Baltimore has about 20 different open mics um, that take place where underground art happens, you know, almost seven days a week here in the city. And so what we've seen is that uh, 13 of different open mics have joined forces to make Artivism happen, Artivism Day happen. So we have um, each of them will be highlighting an artist that represents their open mic. Um, so these are 13 different art institutions or um, initiatives that's coming together to make sure that we have a phenomenal show because it's about celebration too. So we have artists coming out, um, artists such as uh, Black Chakra, Slangston Hughes, Lady Breon, Warmwork, uh, and the list is long. We're hoping to be able to make sure we don't go overtime. So just another shout out to Impact Hub in case we go 15 minutes over. Um, <laughs> on March 4th because there's so many artists Does it cost to get in? No, it's absolutely free mm. but we will be asking for a $10 donations at the door for those who have it, right? And if you don't have it, it should not discourage you from coming. But um, again, we're raising money to be able to support Ceasefire. 
So Sheila Gaskins is kind of in some ways the godmother of... Uh, of, uh, artivism. Of, 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 of bringing the arts and activism together in the city. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And, and your art apartheid of the work you've been doing and yeah. dealing with racism and bringing black and white artists together, which didn't really happen as you try to really make that happen right. the right way. Right. Being led by a black artist in this town. So, I mean, what your, your thoughts on this event and also your role in it? So my 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 thoughts are that this is long overdue. I'm just so excited to have all of those people under one roof. Um, like Kenneth said, we we don't acknowledge each other enough, and we don't know who is there, so we don't know each other. So this is a great opportunity for like a meet and greet, or just to see who is out there doing the same type of work. And I'm gonna be be the MC. Um, be on the mic all night then. Right, you know, a little something <laughs> here and there, you know, skinny me and all. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to be introducing uh, the acts and um, just encouraging people to continue to do what they do and hopefully we can bond and maybe sing kumbaya moments, you know. So I'm, I'm just glad to be in the building, to tell you the truth. Yeah, so, on, so on the 4th is about celebration. And so uh, very quickly, so what happens beyond the 4th? I mean, so, what do you, how do you all keep this convened? Yeah. So the fourth is just a launch, right? We're launching Artivism Day. Um, Artivism Day hopefully will be an everyday thing, not, no, the, the March 4th is a launch. Um, so the goal is to get the pledge, get as many artists to take the pledge, right, to start creating work intentionally to raise awareness about violence. Um, so we're going to have um, a lot of breakout events, if you will, over the course of the year. Um, different open mics have agreed to sponsor different events where they encourage artists to take the pledge. So right now it's like a campaign to get a minimum of 300 artists to agree to create um, work throughout you know, in Baltimore. Um, and I'm more than you know, uh, hopeful about the fact that we'll be successful with getting 300 artists to, to do this. All right, folks. So March the 4th, 5 to 8 p.m., 10 mm-hmm. East North Avenue, which is in between uh, St. Paul and Charles. It's not th- something you do not want to miss, Artivism. It comes out, uh, it's going to be an amazing group of artists and singers and musicians and more mm-hmm. uh, being hosted by my dear friend Sheila Gaskins. Yep, up in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's important that we, that we, this Baltimore has a very unique activist art community. Uh, and this, they're launching something new to continue the wave of nonviolence in our town and to keep it part of our life. And I want to thank our two guests here for joining us. As usual, Kenneth Parsons, great to have you in the house. Thank you so much. Kenneth is executive director of Do More Baltimore and my dear friend Sheila Gaskins, co-founder of Art Apartheid. Uh, and both of these folks also teach part-time at Micah. Join them on the 4th of March. Marching 4th. Marching 4th. <laughs> March the 4th. Absolutely. 5 to 8 p.m. Impact Hub, 10 East North Avenue. Thank you all. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to our podcast. This program was produced and edited by Calvin Perry with assistance from our intern, Nora Belbidia. You can download the podcast and more at steinershow.org and on iTunes or on your favorite podcasting app. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for The Mark Steiner Show. And please let us know what you think. Write me at mark at steinershow.org. We'll be back in a couple more days with a brand new podcast.